This is Unfiltered, episode 82 for January 22nd, 2014. Men and women at the NSA know that if another 9-11 or massive cyber attack occurs, they will be asked by Congress and the media why they failed to connect the dots. Ooh, did you feel the collective shiver of fear run across America just then? Let the re-traumatization begin. In fact, over the course of the 45-minute speech, Obama mentioned 9-11 eight times and said the words terrorist or terrorism 16 times. Do I even have to reiterate that you're four times more likely to be struck by lightning than killed in a terrorist attack in this country? But don't worry, words like transparency and accountability were mentioned a whopping one time each. On this week's episode of Unfilter, President Obama has outlined his so-called reforms of America's controversial surveillance tactics, but as expected, the reforms are light on real change and leave many of the worst policies in place and unabated. We'll dig into the most egregious. Plus, it's a new round of character assassination for Edward Snowden, and this time, the claims are even more ridiculous. Is Snowden a double agent for the FSB? We'll debunk. Then it's your feedback, our follow-up, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. to Unfilter, episode 82 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody out there. I want to be the first, the first in the Unfilter show this week to wish Chris a very happy birthday on this Sunday, Aww. January 26th. Well, an early happy birthday to yourself tomorrow you. of course thanks so uh, yours is a little closer yeah mine's tomorrow the 23rd yours the 26th both of us are doing shows on our birthday on our birthday i'm doing the <laughs> minecraft me show you're doing the the, the, premier, the premiere show the the anchor show of the network yeah so both of us will be working we're working stiffs yeah well, working stiffs well, well mostly yeah. i don't know if you can really count it as working you can't stiffs. count it as work when you enjoy what you do oh look at you oh hold on there did you take go. a marketing class <laughs> I, I, I should because I I sure don't know how to market myself. Oh, Chase! <laughs> uh, does Chase have a job yet? Dot com. Ouch! Right out of the gate, that hurts on the inside. I know. I know. <laughs> well, so did you catch uh, Obama's uh, reform speech this week? Uh, you know, I did, Chris. Uh, you know, I did, and you know why? Because last week on the show, on the big show here, on the big show, I made a prediction. Oh yeah, you oh, wait, did. Hold on, hold on. Did you watch it only because you want to see if your prediction played out? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so freaking. Lo- Come on, it's fr- hey. I remember, remember, it's Friday. Yeah. Remember, we're not supposed to pay attention to this stuff on Fridays. Right. You're right. You're right. So I was paying attention. Well, you were right. You were correct. In fact, that's why I played this intro clip that we played. Yeah. A little callback to your prediction. Yep. So yep. you, I got a re- right here in yeah. the red book for red episode book. 81. You said 9/11 will at least get several mentions, and I believe uh, did Abby count eight mentions yeah. of 9/11? Abby, the- Abby, man. I, well, don't give me I, I'm glad she actually spoke of my prediction. Makes me feel even better. <laughs> and I said, and I'm, I'll just be in full disclosure. I said Bin Laden would get a mention. 
you know what? Didn't Bin Laden by association? He's not association. I think I didn't, but I, I really I, I can't take that one. Yeah. So you got it, Chase. You got it. Uh, so we got to get into some of this stuff. A lot of a lot of stuff's going on. I thought we'd recap in case people didn't listen to the speech. But don't worry, we're not going to play a whole bunch of Obama clips. Now, we need to play it. Can you can you pause longer? Uh... No, he just is silent. He doesn't even do that. That was Clinton. Obama is just dead air silent. In fact, in several clips today, I have trimmed Obama down because I what just... What was your max? What was I, the max that you trimmed? I, it's it's a gut feeling, but I mean, every time he plays in this show today, he's been trimmed. Yeah, but but I know, but how long was the longest... Uh, like, I, you know, I didn't... Try, I mean, it's seconds. Definitely See, seconds. That, you know, obviously, here's the thing, He's right? a thinker. When we do a show... You've been in my studio before. Yeah. I have a monitor yeah. that I look at. It has all my little shot buttons and yeah. stuff. I have something in really big letters in the center. Do you, did you, do you remember what it says? No us? No um. No um. That's what it was. No um. <laughs> my wife has always been very big with me and saying, hey, if you want to sound more professional in, in doing what you're doing. Can I ask you something, though? Yeah, go for it. Oh, oh your wife gave you that idea. Were you yeah. just about to answer the question? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you know that Subway does that? Like at, at behind the Subway counter, they have little, don't forget to smile. You're an artist. Did you know they do that? Well, lots of places do and, that. And a buddy and I used to, when we'd go get our sandwiches, <laughs> we'd peel them off and then put them up in our office. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but that's illegal. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, don't do that, kids. But no, I, I would add that to make myself you know, be more professional when mm-hmm. I'm broadcasting. Yeah. Same, different, same thing here. You got the President of the United States He's what is doing what is called a, a pregnant pause. Yeah, and I, I think he does it. Um, ah, hold on. Uh, let me gotta let me yeah, pause. See, you gotta yeah, let me, no, but you ummed. He hold on. Um, I think he does it because he wants to pretend like he's thinking, but it's all scripted. Wait, you think it's that's true? I mean, yeah, he does have teleprompters yeah. usually everywhere, right? <laughs> and by the way. Don't let those little pieces of glass fool you. You can easily slide a uh, iPad underneath a camera. Yeah, those and, are those are teleprompters. Yeah, those are teleprompters yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, so I. Uh, anyways, now it's going to be bugging me all episode. Yeah. See, you guys will see. Although I clipped it down so that way it won't be too. I would bad. love it if someone kept an um count. However, I don't know if it was in the unfiltered supporter show or if it was in the main show. But do you remember how I was? Very taken aback when CBS News just sort of casually mentioned how they were very familiar with Mike Morrell. That was, uh, I believe, in the supporter show. Okay. So, so I picked up on how they were in casual conversation, like, well, we're all quite familiar with Mike Morrell. And that the reason why that red flagged me right. is Mike Morrell, is, uh, he's a lifelong company man. He's yes, been he in is. the CIA for like 30 years. He, he was, knows a lot of secrets. He's been deputy director. Then he was, uh, he was, for a short period of time, he was the director of the CIA when Petraeus had to step down. Uh, so this guy is... A full-fledged. I mean, he's a spook as a spook can be, right? Right. So when I heard, when I picked this up on CBS, I definitely did a double take. Former CIA Deputy Director Mike Morrell was part of a panel that recommended changes at the National Security Agency. He is now a CBS News contributor. Welcome back. Thank you. So uh, the former director of the CIA is now a CBS News contributor. And here's what's really interesting. Now, you're just going to have to take my word for this. Sure. But I was clipping the CBS morning show, and I, I, I got this midstream. Okay, I didn't get... This introduction. So I didn't actually know he was part of the CBS team. But what I noticed, and I think this is just because I've done shows for a long time, is he was part of the group. He wasn't a guest. 
that the group was questioning they were they were ebb and flowing like people who do shows together do like there was a back and forth so he would complete thoughts and i thought wow they are really organically working together like this really seems interesting yeah. and so then it was then i went back and found the clip on youtube and saw the intro i was like oh he's working there now <laughs> like wow yeah uh, and in fact uh, in the pre-show i came across this clip and uh, i think i think they say this in the beginning today Edward Snowden said that he acted all alone when he stole top-secret documents from the National Security Agency. Last Sunday on Face the Nation, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Mike Rogers, said the Russians might have helped Snowden in the theft. Snowden escaped to Hong Kong and then later settled in Russia. Snowden told The New Yorker magazine that the idea that he had help with the theft is absurd. Well, we put the question to one of the people who know the most about the case, Mike Morell. Until last year, he was deputy director at the CIA. He also served on the president's task force on surveillance. Morell is now senior security contributor for CBS News. So he's a C- we'll get to the rest of the Snowden stuff later. So he's a senior security contributor to CBS News, which is interesting because that John guy, who was uh, the sort of their inside that, guy, that went to New York, yeah, to become the counterterrorism guy. Yeah. He's left, and now they just replaced him with another guy. You know, I've always noticed a revolving door the, over in these, there in these kind of positions is when you add the senior title, that just means that they have more experience than they know what to do with, and they're paying them a lot, <laughs> a lot of money. Of, yeah, a lot of money. Uh, so uh, let's get back to Obama's speech because that's really the thing we need to focus on right now. We'll get to the Snowden stuff later on in the show. And uh, RT does a recap of the actual substantive changes we're going to see from these so-called reforms. There are some. After nearly seven months of NSA disclosures, President Obama finally came forward with reforms to the spy agency, acknowledging that the current capabilities of the NSA do leave open the possibility of abuse. Given the unique power of the state, it is not enough for leaders to say, trust us, we won't abuse the data we collect. For history has too many examples when that trust has been breached. Good point. Our system of government is built on the premise that our liberty cannot depend on the good intentions of those in power. The president addressed the NSA's most controversial program, Section 215 Bulk Telephone Metadata Collection. I believe critics are right to point out that without proper safeguards, this type of program could be used to yield more information about our private lives. Could. I am therefore ordering a yeah, transition. It is. That will end the Section 215 bulk metadata program as it currently exists. Basically, the president no longer wants the government to be in control of these massive metadata databases. And he- this is an interesting thing. Is uh, This sounds like reform on its face. The government will no longer directly house this metadata in their database. they're still databases. going to collect it. Right. I mean, the, the telco is already collecting it. Now, are they, what are they, how are they going to store? What privacy restrictions will they have in place? Are they going to open up an API to the NSA so that way they can query their databases when they need to? Are the companies going to audit this for the NSA to determine when, if the NSA is appropriately using their access? Yeah. And is it really happening because nobody wants this data? The telcos don't want this data. The government apparently doesn't want this data. This data is apparently some sort of stinky hot potato. You know what? I'll take it. I mean, I got nothing to do right <laughs> you got now. got a few terabytes in around, I Chase? Ha- I eat- it's all I need, right? Just a couple? Probably just a I few. mean, I can go down to, uh, you know, what is that, Fry's and pick up a four terabyte drive? I, I think about 120 bucks? USB should be fine. Yeah, yeah USB 3. Yeah. Just pop it in. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. And I got five. And he's instructed the Attorney General and the intelligence community 
to come up with a new method of storage and report back on March 28th. March 28th. In the meantime, the president is making some changes to the program as it stands. Okay. First, the NSA will only be able to query those databases with prior FISA court approval. They used to be able to query them based on their own internal guidelines. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, the Second, FISA court, rubber stamp court, by the way. Right. I mean, how many have they, remember, how many have they refused over the past... <laughs> I agree. 25 years or whatever. It's 0.3%. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I also am at least thankful that at least there's one more step. It's no longer the individual That's analyst. True. That's so true. currently at the NSA, from what Feinstein just said this last Sunday, there's 22 individuals at the NSA who are authorized to access this data. Right. <clears throat> and they're able to do so on their own authorization without getting previous requests from anyone. They can do a search on you. Right. That's, That's now changed. Yeah. It seems like a good thing, although, of course... Not everyone likes that. Second, once in the databases, the NSA will be restricted to only taking two hops from a target instead of three hops. These changes deal with access to the databases. They do not deal with bulk collection. Bulk collection of virtually all Americans' metadata will continue, which is why critics of the NSA are skeptical of the president's announced reform. Well, you know why they went from three to two hops, Chris? Because it cuts out all that extra data that they have to, you know, have yeah. to sift through. Yeah, and it's just hard. Computers can't do it. And two ops is honestly probably enough. Uh, so, who are some of the people that are not that impressed? While it turns out, Chase, former NSA whistleblowers. Whoa. Former NSA whistleblower Bill Binney. He still is not being given the right perspective on technology and what's capable of technology. Instead of taking the bulk collection approach and trying to modify those uh, legislation uh, in, in that area to try to uh, correct it, but still maintain that bulk collection, is the wrong way to do it. Uh-huh. And former NSA whistleblower Kirk Wiebe. It's, it's sort of a false rubric to say, or a ruse, if you will, a red herring to say, well, if NSA doesn't have it, it's safe. Not true. If it's connected to a wire, a network, NSA can get it. Well, let me ask you this. Legitimately, so you now, as as a citizen, right, really have no choice. But let's say you've been given two choices: your government stores all of your records, or the telcos store all your records. What are you honestly more comfortable with? Can I say neither? Can I? Is that no? An it's, answer? it's literally not an option anymore. Because here's the problem with with giving me those choices. By the way, there is a third choice. Oh, there is a third choice. Third choice is they create from whole cloth an entirely <laughs> brand new private company that collects all of the metadata from the different carriers, collates it, and then handles requests from the government. This is not an entity that exists at this time. They have no idea how it would be structured, but it was part of the panel recommendation. I, I rather feel comfortable with that third option just because of the fact that right now we already know that the telcos have facilities, for example, at AT&T in San Francisco, California, you know, PRISM, you know, you have the separate rooms mm-hmm. that are already splitting off d- data anyway. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change if you have the telcos house that data, right? So might as well start over fresh, and we'll have a nice clean structure of we know what to do with. Well, here's what Mike Morell says would be a benchmark of these reforms succeeding, and that would be if the government can get at it as fast as possible and bypass the courts as it needs. It's going to be difficult to find a place to to put that data uh, because people who might accept it have already said they don't want it. Right. Uh, turns out right now nobody wants to exactly. hold this data, <laughs> um, which is not surprising. Um, I, what I think is important is that as we uh, move this data away from the government, which the president said he will do, that we find a place to keep it where it is easy to access it um, so that it's not time-consuming. 
I would also point out that both the review group and the president said that there should be an emergency provision so that if you have to get to it very, very quickly, you can skip that right. court process and go back to the court later. So that's Morell's benchmark of success right there is if, if you can skip the court process as needed. And he also thinks that third party group. Now, the problem is, is if you put it all in the hands of one company. God, that seems rife for corruption, for exploitation of the data. But that's already happening now, Chris, with the phone companies. Right, and, but at least Verizon and AT&T might do things differently. And what I I'd laugh not not and, at your and, ideas, but I I laugh at their history. Yeah, I mean, we we see yeah. what they've done in the past, and we see how with with the whole net neutrality debate, you have a company like yeah. Verizon oh, yeah. who took the FCC Killed to it. court to yeah. kill net neutrality. Yep. Yet on the same time, now we need to trust them with our third party data. There's well, no freaking way. I know it bothers the hell out of me. Now no freaking way. You got to wonder too, like uh, what kind of cost and expense, and what what qualifies you as a carrier? Because by the way, in 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 the in this panel's recommendation is not just phone companies it's service providers yeah. and that they specifically call out google and yahoo so so at what point do you become a service provider if you have a minecraft server of a certain amount of users that people log into are you a service provider what's the, where's the line for a service provider you could say that we're providing a service by giving everybody the real truth about what's happening out there right we got a chat room we got uh we have 352 people. people. I know they're not all here. We got Some people of them are idling, but we got people watching yeah. on the stream. Yeah, we got people that are uh, that download our shows. That's a service. Yeah, I mean Ryan Vade in the chat room. What what happened to the Fourth Amendment here? What happened to the Fourth Amendment? Is right. this considered unreasonable search and yes. seizure? Yes. In fact, there's a lot of things Obama did not address. Nothing about the NSA breaking encryption standards, as revealed by the Snowden documents. Also, the president said he's seen no abuses in the NSA programs, but he did not address reports that the NSA has been breaking into the data links on Google and Yahoo servers. Nor did he address the latest report from The Guardian regarding bulk content collection of millions of text messages around the world. So while some specific reforms were introduced, how exactly they will be implemented moving forward remains to be seen. And there's still several concerns that were left unaddressed. And it's also worth keeping an eye out on Congress to see if the president's speech disarmed lawmakers who want to substantially reform the spy agency over the next few months. Yeah, in fact, Feinstein thinks that's already the case. Feinstein doesn't think any major changes are going to come forward now that Obama has said this. But the main problem we all come back to is right now we're all talking about this metadata. And the problem is, is all of these storage solutions are really filled with particular downsides. You, you know, we might be burying the lead here a little what bit. What is it, Chase? The president mentioned that he's proposing, that's the key word here, proposing to Congress yeah. these changes, right? Right. We And we laughed about this earlier. And on the supporter show, because Congress yeah. isn't going to do anything. Right. So the lead here, you guys, here's the lead. Nothing changes. Right. The stuff that Obama can order executively will change, and that's right. minor. Yeah. But overall, nothing in fact, will change. I'm going to argue it's going to get worse. It, so well, that's we, true. We have this metadata, and we got to store it somewhere. Yeah. And now all the options for where we store it, they suck. Right now, the NSA stores about five years' worth of telephone records on its servers at Fort Meade in Maryland. Oh. Yay! But after a public outcry, <laughs> the president says it's time to find a new home for that sensitive data outside the government. This will not be simple. 
The problem, he says, is that intelligence agents will still need to access that data easily when they're tracking potential terrorists. Oh, yeah. An independent review Poor panel them. established by the president recommended last month that the records be held by individual service providers like Verizon, AT&T and Google. Those companies have balked at the idea and not just because of the cost. Juan Zarate is a former deputy national security advisor for President George W. Bush. If the telecoms companies have to create portals for the government to be able to access their data, that in and of itself creates problems and challenges mm -hmm. and would require checks and balances and auditing and oversight. One alternative the panel proposed was to authorize a specially designated private organization to collect and store the data. But the president acknowledged that's problematic too. Any third party maintaining a single consolidated database would be carrying out what's essentially a government function. The idea of a third party consortium or clearinghouse to house this data sounds good in concept, but the problem is it doesn't exist. None of these options satisfy privacy advocates who right. say the real issue isn't where this data should be stored, but whether it should be stored at all. Nancy Cordes, CBS News. I got a great idea, Chris. Yeah. It will solve everybody's problems. Okay, I'm ready for it. You ready? Yeah, lay it on It's real me. simple. Okay, go. We don't collect the data. What? Yeah, I, here's what we... I know it's, it's a far-fetched idea, but what we do is we just stop. What if... What if we just did something like the carriers store the metadata for as long as they normally would for their business functions for billing, like at least a year. Verizon stores it for four right now. What if, or five, what if we just, if it's really an emergency, we could subpoena the records that we need at that time. There's a problem with that, Chris. <clears throat> See, the problem. It's pre-crime. They want to detect crime before it happens. Yeah, but not only that, the problem with what you propose is speed. You see, right now, yeah. <laughs> America is under attack okay. by terrorists. State of emergency. They are constantly trying to hurt us. Right. And if something is happening, I cannot wait for a subpoena. It's true. And <clears throat> the, the length of time that it would take to get those materials through the court system, Chris, that, I'm sorry, would not work under this environment. I, uh, I well, The problem I actually have <clears throat> is that this entire discussion, which was really codified with Obama's speech, is it has completely shifted to 10% of the problem. In, in all of the things that the it's, NSA it's a is doing, yeah. and in, in everything that we have discovered the NSA is doing, the thing I have the least amount of issue with is the metadata collection, right? It is the least offensive of everything. And Greenwald pointed out in a recent interview that now the entire debate has shifted to this metadata and we're not discussing things like PRISM. What he seems to have done is turned the debate into whether the American government should gather data on everyone's communications into a debate about who should hold it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That's what the U.S. government is trying to do, is try their, what they're trying to do is to say, the fact that we as the government should have access to everybody's communications data, that we should be able to know who you've talked to, who has called you, how long you've spoken, that's just a given, they're trying to say. Don't even debate that. Simply debate who's holding this information. And the reality is, is that having a government do that, collect 
all of that information about citizens who have done nothing wrong is an extraordinarily radical and extremist idea. It's what science fiction writers 50 years ago used to write about when they warned of the surveillance state. And I don't think that tactic on the part of the government to turn that into some normalized, undebated assumption is going to succeed at all because people are very, very concerned about it. I hope so. Uh, but Chris, you got to understand something, you know. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. Right. Okay, I'm not doing anything. Oh, I love wrong. this one. <clears throat> and you know, I'm, you know, I'm just lit working. I, can I just say this again? I'm just doing I know my day. I said this once before on the show, but when you hear this discussion, no. and you'll hear it a lot. Yep. You'll hear that I have. I have. Not, I mean, I don't I've got nothing to hide. I don't like it, but I really, you know, I'm not doing anything but illegal. Help, but if it helps keep America right, safe, right. I'm, you know, my kids. So when you hear that up, answer, yeah. you know that person is potentially a clinical narcissist because that is the most selfish response possible because it's not about your boring ass it is about edward snowden yep. it is about people who want to yep. blow the whistle yep. it is about dissenters it is it is about martin luther king okay that's what it's about it's not about your boring ass life yep. and anybody who says that is a narcissist Absolutely. and if you thought about it for more than a few seconds you'd realize it's about tamping down on future disruption yeah it's 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 prepping you. I hate that answer so I know, much. I, no, I know. And we hear it all the we really freaking do. time. Yes, we do. I hear it from friends. I hear it from family. I, I, oh, I, see I know. It on I got Facebook. it from my family, I, too. I see it on Google+. Plus. I see it everywhere. It's so shallow. Yeah. And it's short-term. It's very short-sighted. Right. Uh, so uh, this is how you know. This is how you know things are going well. Uh, how do you say this guy's name? Kratahammer? Kratahama. Yeah. So he's on Fox. Now, listen... Listen to this. Listen to this. This is how you know that really nothing's changing. Mr. Carl Thomas? Well, the ACLU and Ron DePaul are right, which is why it was a terrific speech. It was 90% smoke and mirrors and very little substance of change, which is what That's we That's why it was need. on Friday. In That's fact, it was need. the best use of Obama's rhetorical powers uh, <laughs> of dazzling with very little content since the 08 campaign. How great is this? Uh, look, wow. Obama knows he has to retain the program. It is extremely important. But he made enough rhetoric and enough nods to the other side, at least philosophically, and enough cosmetic changes to make it look as if he did something. But if you look at all the points you mentioned, they are really uh, unimportant in the overall scheme. It doesn't matter who keeps the records. What matters is, do you collect them, and is it kept somewhere? Answer, yes. True, you're going to have to go through the, the, the FISA court to access it, except in an emergency. So anytime you really need it, no court. And if you've got time on your hands, so you'll have a procedure, and you'll almost always end up with access. They're going to add an advocate, a privacy advocate, who will plead in the FISA court. But it seems as if only in novel cases and not in routine ones, big deal. Overall, I'd give him an A minus, and if I were a lefty, I'd be really upset. <laughs> just, how great is that? It's just like, it's like wow. It's straight up, just honest. Was that, was that recorded on Friday? Uh, I, it was immediately after the. Yeah, See, yeah. Here's the problem: any kind of media that tends to happen on Fridays always gets buried mm -hmm. by the time Monday comes around. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this, Chris. Obviously, it's Wednesday now. When Monday came around and you were pulling information, the entire conversation has shifted to Edward Snowden. Yep, the entire thing. Yep, see, you, you, you're totally right, and yeah. we're going to get into some of that. But yeah. before we do, Sanders immediately after the speech was asked what he thought, and I just thought this was a great clip. In my view, I have to say that I believe that the NSA right now is essentially out of control. 
uh, the idea that every, virtually every telephone call made in this country is kept on file in terms of uh, the numbers being called and the length of time that people have been on the phone, uh, I think that that is clearly unconstitutional. It is a huge embarrassment and a real disservice to our foreign policy that people all over the world have learned that the United States is spying on our allies. Mm -hmm. We know that the NSA mm -hmm. is able to get into our emails, know the uh, websites that we visit. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is we need to debate what is a free country. Are we comfortable knowing that the government, and by the way, not only the government, but the private sector has so much information uh, about us. Last point that I would make is that it is scary enough when you have law-abiding people running the NSA, and I think we have that today. I think these are serious people doing a very, very difficult job. Now, Alex, you tell me what happens if somebody like a Richard Nixon were to become president of the United States and hmm. say to his intelligence people, I want you to destroy my political opponents. Give me all the information that you can. Think about that scenario for a moment. Exactly, which has my, been my argument this entire time is even today, if there's been no violation, which we know is false, just look up Love Int, we know that's not true, but even if there's been no violations today, what happens in 20, 30 years, and which, by the way, all of this technology is just going to get more sophisticated, and their capabilities will be even further, and their storage yeah. capabilities will be even greater. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Yeah. I think we're just screwed. It is. It, so, how can I... I got a new show idea out of this. <laughs> oh, boy. New show where we're just going to teach people how to live a private life. You know, like every week we'll focus on a tool like VPNs, TrueCrypt, BitMessage, GPG encryption. Every week we just feature a new thing that helps you protect yourself. The only problem with that, Chris, is if you want to know a good show to get on the CIA's radar. <laughs> no, it's, it's this one, Chase, actually. <laughs> we're already on well, that radar. <laughs> it, it, it would be a companion show. Right, right? I know. Really, then we're yeah. really showing up. Yeah, I know. Totally. That's true. All right. Well, let's take a break here and thank our unfiltered supporters. Now, we're going to have to book... Uh, because if we want to get to the bonus round this week, we are behind schedule, Chase. But there is, however, however, it is kind of an epic day for yeah. us on the Unfiltered Show. It's kind of a big deal. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. That's it's right. It's now time to announce that the Unfiltered Show has now reached 333 subscribers. That's right. That's right. In fact, uh, I believe we have a special caller on the line. Mr. President Clinton is calling in to congratulate us. Uh, here, I'll, I'll uh, pick up the phone. Chase had to step out to get a bite real quick. Uh, Mr. President. Uh, hey, hey, guys. How you doing? I, just can, just can me. I, it's just, I'm only me here, oh, Mr. President. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, welcome to the uh, welcome to the Unfilter Show. So you heard the news. We yeah. reached 333 supporters. Uh, you know, I, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for uh, providing a great service to the American people. Um, you have to forgive me. I'm coming down with a little bit of a laryngitis thing. Well, but, I, I, uh, it's okay. I know you've been busy traveling. Yeah, but you know, you guys, I, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I'm tearing up because, you know, when I thought, you know, you guys launched a while back, you know, I, I thought that goal was a little long. It was a little crazy, wasn't it? It was pretty nuts, but you guys have provided a great service for the American people. Thank you, Mr. And President. I, I just want to say from the bottom of my, I'll, I'll be back there in a minute. You shut up. Uh, but I just wanted to say thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, uh, thank you very much, and uh, I'm gonna let you go because Chase thank is coming you. back. I know you got ribs. Dude. Hey, 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 Bill, Bill, are you still there? Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, is that Chase? I can that's think Chase, I Mr. President. Uh, 
Just tell him, thank you so much. I got to go. Chase, he's got to go. He says, thank you. All right. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Bill. So that was pretty exciting. So uh, we should thank Chase. Now that you're back, we should thank our yep. filter supporters. Oh, man. This is this is great news, man. You take that first one. Kai? It's Kai. All right. Yeah, thank you to Kai. Kai. Uh, Amazon Review Police. Uh, Jonathan M. Nicholas V. And Michael O. Who was the 333 subscriber. It's so significant uh, because obviously you guys believe in what we're doing. You guys get access to an exclusive BitTorrent sync which gives you all of the pre and post clips all yep. the stuff that, and you get we also have an exclusive uh, thing just for the supporter show which yes. is which is right now the supporter show is clocking in at 1 hour and 17 minutes and also the cool thing about our pre and post show is like during the pre show today I talked about the trials and tribulations <laughs> that I had with HTC your rage yes my rage your stuff. gears were grinding but you guys also get the full experience and as we've explained to you on the show many times you guys make it possible for us not to go after the traditional sponsors because we know that that traditional sponsorship would never work on a show like this. Right. Because we would then have to be careful and kind of change our content yeah, to make sure to appease them. And it's really – it changes the whole recipe of the show when you're really more concerned about what 333 people really need to know about than you are what's going to get you the most clicks. Right. Right? I mean if this show had a 1,000 downloads, as long as we still had 333 33 people supporting us. Everything we need now, to stay on the air is there. All now, the components are in place. We we care about all you guys who decide to listen to the show for free yeah. and, and check it out and download it and you, on YouTube or iTunes or wherever you're grabbing us from. G Potter. But we really care the most about you 333 because we know that we're providing something to you guys that you find valuable. And, we, and all we ask, if you want to do that, instead of buying a fancy cup of coffee... Yeah. Become yeah, a supporter. That much. Become a supporter. Yeah, and every episode of Unfilter, if you go to the show notes, you can find a supporters link and uh, just click that button. You'll become a monthly $5 yeah. supporter, and that keeps us on the air. And as the show, if the show, we hope, continues to get more supporters, then we hope to make a, a little bit of money from for us, but also expand the operations of the show. We have a couple ideas that Chase and I we keep do. kicking around, but they just seem so crazy. But you we never do. know. If that number keeps growing, you never know what's possible. Well, I, I don't know how much you've, you've told about the Unfilter audience, about the, the future and the new big things for Jupiter Broadcasting. In the year 2000. But, you know, you know, Obviously, moving operations into a new studio yeah. uh, opens up a whole wide uh, swath. Production of capacities will be increased, and not only that, but I mean, I'll tease one. Th- I'm going to tease one thing to the guys. One of those things that we've teased, yes, <laughs> one of those things that we've teased about is taking the show on the road. Oh man, w- wouldn't it be great? I mean, God, I, I have a, a tent trailer and an Don't LTE. Don't even tease. That'd be and, so and, awesome. I know, and I have a trailer and an LTE connection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, hey, we're heading to Reno, and then we'll head to the Salt Flats in Utah, and then uh, we, we just do the unfiltered show on the road. We just do it on God, the road. I would love and we'll to do, do that. We'll do a loop. I'd love to do and, that. And you know, it's one of those situations where. When we don't have to worry about sponsors and just worry about you guys who support the show, that means more than anything. So if you've thought about it, you know, obviously the new year's here, you got tax returns that are going to start rolling in. It's only five bucks a month. When you break it down for a year, that's less than probably one month of a cable subscription. Dude, no kidding. Think about it. No just kidding. Think about it. Yep. Thank you very much, everybody. And also you get the newsletter as an unfiltered supporter. You get those BitTorrent syncs, which includes all the source files for our show. And uh, with that, we'll move on. And by the way, go check the show notes. Everything we've talked about already, there's even more stuff in the show notes, including uh, Obama's EFF scorecard uh, and the fact that the FBI has been receiving two to three daily tips from the NSA for the for at least the last three years. We have all of that stuff 
documented and linked in the show notes. But Chase, yes, why don't we start out? I was talking a little bit about how the discussion has changed to Snowden, and uh, I think you really nailed it because I've been trying to get my head around Rogers and Feinstein's motivations. Now I want to tell you something. You t- <laughs> go ahead. Man. I I gotta. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Dig. To celebrate episode 300, I decided... Wait, episode 300? I mean, to, to, to celebrate 333 subscribers. We're not that 300 yet, I got Chris. last it's, on the brain. I got, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, I cut down... I could have I had so much more Feinstein and Rogers. I want you to know I could have had so much more. I know. So when you're listening to this, keep it in mind. It's like it's <laughs> yeah. like a, it's like a ninety percent reduction. Now the the entire clips can be found in the supporter sync. So if you are curious and want to watch all of it, it might make you blind, but you can find it in the supporter sync. But here we go. Rogers says the clues indicate that Snowden is an FSB agent. This was a thief who we believe had some help, who stole information the vast majority had nothing to do with privacy. Our Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines have been incredibly harmed by the data that he has taken with him, and we believe now is in the hands of nation states. I almost don't believe this claim on its face right here. No, I don't. Because they would publicize if if there's been damage done, if blood has been spilled, because in past leaks, they would say, you know, this has cost us blood, and they would would say, this is how. until, Until they bring us to the American people actual proof that from what snowden did has right. caused serious harm to an american right you sir are calling bullshit right now so, and also uh rogers conflates two things so he he conflates the total scope of the documents in which snowden took with what has actually been released so we keep hearing over and over again from the guardian from the new york times from greenwald himself from snowden that they're very meticulously going through all of these things and only publishing certain things and even what they do publish there's heavy redaction And again, there's a reason for that. Taken with him, and we believe now is in the hands of nation states. What help did he have? Who who helped him, do you think? Well, there were certain questions that we have to get answered. Oh. Where some of the, A, first of all, if it was a privacy concern he had, he didn't look for information on the privacy side for Americans. He was stealing information that had to do with how we operate overseas to collect information to keep Americans safe. Uh, that that that's begs a question. And some of the things that he... I don't... Again, again, we don't know if that's true or not. And so far, what we have seen is that Snowden used, like, WGIT and downloaded all of the PowerPoint files yeah, off of a SharePoint yeah, that just, was available to people on the NSA LAN. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, that that that's begs a question. And some of the things that he did were beyond his technical capabilities. Oh, raises more questions. Uh, wait, how wait, he- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And we have we read an interview on the show with a coworker of his who said that he was like really gifted. You know, that's the thing, right? So first off, now he's trying to downplay this guy's intellect. He actually in this interview, and I like I said, I cut this down. Yeah. He calls him the janitor. He says that he's like he's the equivalent of the janitor. How would you, by the way? They're still collecting data, by the way. They still have analysts. They still have contractors. They still have people that work in these offices in Hawaii and other parts of the world. Right. Chris, how would you feel if you were an analyst and you just heard them talk about a former colleague and called him a janitor? Yeah. How the hell would that make and, you feel? You know, if you backtrack through Snowden's story, he got he got higher level administrative access because he was so he effective was good. at his job. Right. So how would that make you feel if you're an analy- analysis well, for the NSA? I mean, I think it's Snowden's case. He's just rolling his eyes saying, go figure. But I would be a little butthurt. I'd be like... I'm not no effing janitor. Right. Screw you. I'll show you janitor. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, hold on. I mean, hold on. 
Rogers out of everybody. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. If anybody should be a janitor crap. around here, it should be Rogers. Oh, jeez, man. Uh, how he arranged travel before he left. Yeah. Uh, uh, Priceline.com. He, he was ready I, to go. He had really? a go bag, if you will. Uh, now, he's a former CIA asset, right? And yeah. So uh, it would seem likely that these people are trained to have go bags. Rogers, who worked with the military industrial complex, fully knows this. Uh, he was ready to go. He had a go bag, if you will. Yeah. And how he But how, accessed, how high level do you think? Who, who uh, it was? Well, I will, let me just it. say this. I believe there's a reason he ended up in the hands, uh, the loving arms of an FSB agent in Moscow. Uh, I don't think Man. that's a coincidence, number one. Number two, and let me just talk about you think this. the Russians helped, Ed Snowden? Uh, I, I, I believe there's questions to be answered there. I don't think it's, uh, it was a gee whiz luck event that he ended up in Moscow. So this set off a firestorm across the media. Let's play it again because this key moment right here that happened totally pivoted the entire dialogue from Obama's speech to Snowden. Uh, the loving arms of an FSB agent in Moscow. Uh, I don't think that's a coincidence, number one. Well, number two, and let me just talk about this. the Russians important. helped, Ed Snowden? Uh, I, I believe there's questions to be answered there. I don't think it's, uh, it was a gee whiz luck event that he ended up in Moscow. <laughs> gee whiz uh, Under the handling of the FSB. That's a significant development, if true. Uh, well, I said, oh, we, have, uh, we have questions we have to answer, uh, but as somebody who used to do investigations, uh, some of the things we're finding Finding, we would call clues. So Snowden, I'm sorry, Feinstein is on a remote satellite feed. So you've got uh, Rogers in D.C. and you've got uh, Feinstein in from coming from San Francisco over the satellite feed. He asks her a different question. Feinstein does a good job of answering the question as good a job as she ever does. Then without without you know how a lot of times people are talking, they'll immediately transition to the next thing to not give yeah, another no. person a chance to say yeah. something. She does. She pulls one of those. Now, let me say one thing about Mr. Snowden. I heard him on television say that he went there with the intent to scrape our systems, that he obtained a scrape tool. Now, and he he did. Oops, not that. Hey, get out of here. Soundboard bug. So she did actually she is actually kind of right. Uh, he went back with intentions to like he he went through like this decision process. He tried to decide what to do. And supposedly when he was a contractor for Dell, he'd come to the conclusion that if he got back in here, he tried to expose what was going on. Our systems that he obtained a scrape tool and he began to scrape over, I believe, a two month period as much as he could get a hold of. From our this isn't somebody who comes upon something and says this isn't the right thing for the government to do. Now, actually, that's in direct conflict with what we've heard, that he actually carried around a pocket constitution and had asked coworkers several times, do you think we should be doing this? What do you think would happen if this was ever exposed? And I guess this was something he had proposed and suggested a few times. This isn't the right thing for the government to do. I want to go out and talk to people about it. He came there with the intent to take as much material down as he possibly could. And do you think you agree with Chairman Rogers that he may have had help from the Russians? He may well have. We don't know at this stage. But I think to glorify this act is really to set sort of a new, uh, a new level of dishonor. Ooh, a new level of dishonor, Chase. You know, she's been watching Karate Kid or something? <laughs> I mean, come on. Maybe she's a Klingon. Uh. <laughs> That explains you bring this on onto the household. So uh, when this accusation of uh, Snowden being an FSB agent came up, he got in contact with a reporter at the New Yorker. And did he, he Skype in? He, I, she the, the, she doesn't go into details. I okay. have the full clip in the supporters show, but she, sync. But she basically says we had to use methods of encryption. 
um, and that she took a while to get up and running with it. But then she did it over a series of message exchanges. She asked him these different questions, and she basically said, "Hey, you're getting you're getting accused of being an FSB agent. You know, what do you think of this?" So she, she has this interview, and right. we'll have a link to it in the show notes. But okay. then she sat down in the situation room with Wolf. Wolf Rogers is a former FBI agent, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. For him to suggest that Snowden may have been an agent working for Russian intelligence from the very beginning. He, he must be, have some in the inkling of evidence to, to, to back that up, I suspect. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think it's important. This is someone with a very important title who's making these allegations. And he talked about clues, unspecified clues. I called his office to see if I could get him to explain a little bit more. And he didn't want to discuss it. There, he wouldn't comment further. But um, it, what he is saying is not only denied by Snowden, it also is is contradicted by uh, several investigations. The FBI has been investigating, and the NSA has been investigating, and the CIA has been investigating. They've all been looking for the possibility that Snowden's working with foreign governments, and at the moment, none of them have found evidence. Were you surprised that Diane Feinstein? In fact, uh, I have this linked in the show notes. But yeah, they were asked about this, and they. Uh, they they have been doing their own investigations, and according to this, the CIA has done their own investigation, the NSA has done their own investigation, and the FBI has done their own investigation, and so far none of them see a link to a state-backed, uh, like the FSB or, or China. By the way, also, I thought this was interesting, before Snowden, a Nixon, a Nixon admin had pioneered the blame-it-on-the-Russian-spy smear tactic. Ellsberg is commonly looked at now as a quintessential whistleblower, but shortly after he leaked the top-secret Vietnam War study, the Nixon administration made a concentrated effort to paint him as a Soviet spy in the press using anonymous quotes and ex- and using the existence of secret evidence that they couldn't provide. Uh, well, we're still doing an investigation, that kind of stuff. Right. So um, Feinstein, back to her, she mentions that, see, what a lot of these people who support Edward Snowden, these people uh, that support this greatest dishonor ever, what they don't really appreciate is that we still have to defend ourselves because we are considered by many as the great Satan. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of the privacy people perhaps don't understand that we still occupy the role Wait, of the us, great Satan. us normal people, us Basic people, right. you know, us common peons, you know, hold on, us common folk, Chris. We don't, we don't understand the little people that think that we should even care I about. I don't them. even know what the internet is. <laughs> I, I know she really like. Is it a series it of does, two? It does sound incredibly demeaning, doesn't it? it, it you know what? You want me to play it again? Oh, oh yeah, I'll play it. Yeah, please. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the privacy people perhaps don't understand that we still occupy the role of the great Satan. Uh, new bombs are being devised. Uh, new new terrorists are emerging. Ooh. New groups. Uh, actually, a new level of viciousness. Ooh. And I think Holy we crap, need to be prepared. Dude. I think we Better need to out. do it in a way that respects people's privacy rights. Uh-huh. Well. And well, well, let me make one yeah. other point. When you look at what companies collect. Oh, yeah. They both made this um, point, by the way. The government does not seem to be a major offender at all. But, but isn't the difference, of course, Chairman, that it's only the government that can deprive you of your liberty? You know, Google or Amazon, that's still, you still have to click to acquiesce in that, even though they have a lot of that personal information. Oh, he nails it. Wait, you notice she, she laid it on thick. She brought up the devil. Yep. She brought up terrorism. She brought up a new level of viciousness. Viciousness. Yeah, a new level of viciousness. Holy 
gosh, man. I am so afraid. You, you're supposed to be really scared right now. Oh. Are, are you really scared right now? I don't know. I need more meat. <laughs> All right, Chase. Well, guess what? You did it. Good job, buddy. I have achieved another level. Here we have unlocked the bonus round. Now, uh, the first clip is automatic. Just getting to the bonus round has unlocked one clip, and then you'll have a choice to make. This one is for the stoners in the audience. I don't think it is more dangerous than alcohol, the president said about marijuana, which he smoked frequently in his youth. Mm-hmm. It's not something I encourage, and I've told my daughters I think it's a bad idea. What about what about, what about smoking? So, I know. He go, so it's funny. Now they're yeah. totally backpedaling because, the well, the president didn't really mean that it's not as bad as alcohol. He just meant that maybe uh, we need more common sense law. Right, or something. All right, Chase, here is your choice. Very good. Our last clip of the show. Mm -hmm. Would you like a clip on net neutrality and how it could hurt Netflix? Mm. Or would you like a clip? Now, remind you, we have a tech-heavy audience. I understand. understand. Would you like a clip of Richard Sherman lighting up Twitter on fire when he had his (laughs) post-game rant? All right, we all know that... Net neutrality is big, man. We we know that. Could infect independent content creators like you and I. And, And I also understand... That there's going to be a fight to be had. Right. So I feel that fight's going to be a little bit more down the road. Yeah. I think we're crying a little wolf right now with it. Okay. Because it's going to work itself out. Now, Netflix just came out with a warning saying the net neutrality could greatly impact their business negatively. Right. Today. And, and Today. So, so you know what that means? That means we're going to see a fight. I think we're, we haven't seen the end of it yet. So in the meantime, we need to go with what's current. We need to go with the uh, soon-to-be Super Bowl champions. It's my Red Book prediction of the year. Seattle Seahawks, and let's hear from Richard Sherman. It's the epic rant heard around the world. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Star quarterback Richard Sherman makes a game-saving play against 49ers wide receiver Michael Crabtree. The two share this tense moment on the field, then the sideline rant. Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. I'm not saying he's a thug. He was just classless. He's that guy who brags on himself. I find those guys to be entertaining. The incident, sparking debate on TV and on social media. After the game, the war of words continued with Crabtree firing back. He's a TV guy. I'm not a TV guy. I play ball. So why the bad blood? In a new article for Sports Illustrated, Sherman explained, quote, it goes back to something he said to me this offseason in Arizona and, quote, I just don't like him. That vague (laughs) reference to Arizona? His brother tells the Seattle Times that Crabtree snubbed Sherman months earlier at a charity event, even tried to start a fight. But in a radio interview, Sherman admitted in hindsight he would have played it differently. You know, obviously could have worded things better and, and, you know, could have obviously had a better reaction and, and done things differently. Sherman also writing, quote, It was loud. It was in the moment. And it was just a small part of the person I am. I don't want to be a villain because I'm not a villainous person. Unfortunately for him, he'll be viewed and judged as the guy that just was out of control in a post-game press conference. Whoa, no, no, no. no. Sir, that is not correct. The brash player trying to focus on making plays, not waves, if his team hopes to win the Super Bowl. His coach Pete Carroll raid in during a press conference saying Sherman's comments came out of the heat of the moment and that the player didn't want to take anything away from the team. But his comments in the aftermath may have done just that. All right, well, there's, there's a few things here I, I want to discuss. Uh, okay. and, and I apologize to all you non-sports fans here on the Unfiltered Show. But, you know, Chris and I, we're pulling for Seattle here. You right. know, it, it's our hometown. It, it's our hometown. Congratulations to the Seahawks. They've worked very hard this year. Now, that gentleman said that he made those comments at a press conference. No. 
He was on the field. He was on the field. She walked up to him okay, after he so, just so what happened won was the game. He he basically won the game. Yeah. And uh and there was some audio. I think it was just released. Uh it's yeah, really yeah, too late yeah, to get the time. That. Yeah, yeah. But basically, uh it was about I think about a minute left in the game. He made the game saving play. They won the game. Then within literally within three minutes, Aaron Andrews, the Fox News right. reporter, yeah. asks him, and then he's still amped up, right? Right. They're going to you're you're going to the Super Bowl. Right. You just made a game saving play and of a dude course. and a dude that's been talking crap about right. you just had for to eat months. It. Yeah, of course. I mean that's understandable. Dude. Right. Let the guy speak, okay? Plus and, it's great it's great publicity. What what I don't don't love and you know what F you to every one of you who 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 know somebody who or who has done this, and hopefully you you don't listen to this show. Are the ones who said race uh, racist and hateful oh, yeah. comments yeah. towards on him Twitter, we got kind about of his, about his uh, about his ethnic background. This guy is a Stanford graduate. Okay, he would run laps around most of you out there. He is an athlete. He pays very well. All right, very awesome. all right. There you go. There is our distraction of the week. Yeah, uh, we covered it. But you know, it was a good distraction. It was, very and good uh, so we can still play the net neutrality for the supporters. Uh, by the way, yep. uh, speaking of uh, people who support the show, we do have an unfiltered subreddit, and there was a number one voted sh- uh, story this yes. week. Yes, you see which one it is, there, Mister Chase. It was the NSA collecting millions of text messages daily. Mm-hmm. What you call an untargeted global sweep? Yeah, the National Security Agency has collected almost 200 million text messages Jesus. a day from across the globe, using them to extract data including location, contact networks, and credit card details, according to the top-secret documents. The untargeted collection and storage of SMS messages, including their contacts, is revealed in a joint investigation between The Guardian and UK's Channel 4 based on material provided by NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden. The documents also reveal the UK spy agency, GCHQ, has made use of the NSA database to search on metadata of untargeted and unwarranted communications belonging to people in the UK. The NSA program, codenamed Dishfire, collects pretty much everything it can, according to the GCHQ documents, rather than merely storing communications of existing surveillance topics. The NSA has made extensive use of this vast text message database to extract information on people's travel plans, contact books, financial transactions, and more, including individuals under no suspicion of illegal activity. Mm. That's from The Guardian. <laughs> I mean... If that doesn't prove that it's not about terrorism right now. Now, here's the thing. What about iPhone users? What about users who have that encrypted... Uh, iMessage? Yeah. Yeah, and I think if you're using... Because this is only SMS, so I think if you're using, even using Hangouts, now they can probably subpoena the companies or give them an NSL and get it some, another Actually, way. Actually, no, they're, they're already getting it. I'm sorry. Prism. They've right, already, true. Yeah, they already true, got it. True. There you go. Jesus. Well, Mr. Chase, speaking yes, of that uh, subreddit, how would people find that subreddit? And well, how are those stats doing? Well, the first off, the best place you should go, unfilter.reddit.com. Dot com. Oh, okay. Very simple to find. Unfiltered.reddit.com. And, you know, there you can jump into the community, uh, vote up stories, vote Help them down. push the show in certain directions. You know, vote us down. Your you think it doesn't fit, you vote it down. Now, now every episode, Chase, yeah. you make a prediction, Everyone. and I write it in the red book. You say, Everyone. this is how many subscribers we should be at, or Everyone. maybe more. Every single Last one. week, episode 81 of the Unfiltered I am, Show. I am on a 27-week streak. You said 1,100. Now, is this yeah. the week? Well, I, you know, it is our birthdays this week. It's true. And uh, it's one of those things where I was... You know, unfortunately thinking that, you know, it's going to break. But it didn't. Oh, 1,106. Blew past it. Yes, we blew past so it. So what is your new goal? 
you know what? I'm going to get really weird. It's going to be 1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. Very binary. That would I be know. epic. Very binary, I know. All right, I got it in the book. One, there one, you one, go. One. Pow. Episode 82. We'll see if we can get to that. Yes. Go to unfiltered.reddit.com to help out. Now, Chase. Yes, sir. What about Twitter? Yeah, you know, Twitter's great. 140 characters or less. You can find me over feeling. there. Did you yep. know that? At Chris LES is where you, they can find you. What about you? Uh, well, you know where they can find me, right? At Nunes. That's right. N-U-N-E-S. That's easy enough. It's very now, it's short. What if more I, characters. What if I didn't get enough Chase today? What if I was like, I need more Chase. I need uh, more if Chase. If you need show. more Chase, geekgamer.tv is where you can go. Okay, okay. Uh, does Chase have a job yet.com if you like the sound of my voice, you want me to work for you? That'd work too, right? Yeah. That would work. Have Chase work for you. I will not, I will not get naked for you though. Yes, he will. No, that is a lie. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah, chase. look at look at the Playgirl issue from uh, January of. Oh, you know what? Uh, we're out of time. Oh, I don't remember shoot. the month. Okay. I am All so right. sorry. Well, don't forget the unfiltered show is live. You can join us by going over oh, to jblive.tv, and yes. we do this on a Wednesday. We yeah. usually start around six p.m. our time, and the show usually really kicks off around six forty-five. Oh yeah, it's a party. Cal- JupiterBroadcasting.com/slash calendar has it in your local time zone. Though. Check it out over there. So, you guys, thank you for joining us for this episode of Unfilter, and we will see you right back here next week. week.